really need to start in the beginning. That's Genesis 1. No, we won't go back that far. How about Exodus 3 and verse 19? You need to know this. Exodus 3.19. God speaking to Moshe, Moses. He said, Moses, I'm going to give you a plan that I know won't work. I'm going to give you a plan that's not going to work, son. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. <laughs> but through it all, I'm going to bring restoration of all that's been stolen from you. He said this to me. He said, many have given up on me, but it's more about my seasons than, he said, it's more about my seasons than my callings. It's more, it's, it's more important to him for you to recognize the season that you're in and not the calling that you're on. Because the calling may frustrate you if, you, if you're in the wrong season. When's it ever going to happen? Now, Jesus had 30 years to ask that question. And so he spent 30 years for three years of, of ministry. I don't know how long you've been. Moses, come on, Moses. 80 years old. When he can't take any credit for it himself anymore, God came and got him. Said Moses, that fire in the bush that's been burning on the inside of you for a long time. It's time for it to come out now. Lit him up. God lit him up. He'll light you up too. Amen. Okay, okay Exodus 4.21. And when you read Exodus 4.21, link it in your mind with Romans 1.24 because it's the same deal. He said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. But a hardened heart is simply the withdrawal of God's favor. God doesn't, if God hardened somebody's heart, it wouldn't be just. The reason why he put the tree in the Garden of Eden was so that you would have a choice to make. The angels didn't have a choice to make. Well, they did, but they made the wrong one. But he, he said, I want you to serve me by choice, not just to obey me because I'm God. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a condition clause here. And so he does, he does that. So, but he didn't harden Pharaoh's heart not at any time. What he did, this is what this is what I wrote down here. A hardened heart is simply withdrawn favor. This is why God lifted His restraining hand off of them and let them have a full expression of their sinful and shameful desires. They were given over in Romans one twenty four. It says they were given over to moral depravity. Depravity. They. It's like okay, if this is if this is the way you want to live your life. I'm backing off, I'm taking my favor off you, and you can go for it. And when, when I take my hands off you, all those evil desires are really going to begin to manifest in your life. And that's what happened with Pharaoh, okay? So that you need to know that because there's a lot of confusion in that area. Now, Exodus 6, 6 to 8, it's interesting there too, because in Exodus 6, the Seder meal is there in, there in verses 6 through 8, but in, in Exodus 6 he says, you have known me by, by other names. Like when you read Psalm 23, for example, when you read that in the Hebrew, seven names of God in that one chapter. Seven, all, seven names of God, all explained in there. And one of the names I like is Elroy. Hey, go, hey, Elroy. No, no, I don't say that disrespectfully. I just thought it was funny when I read it. Hey, Elroy, God's name is Elroy. But anyway, here in chapter 6 of Exodus, he said, you've, know, you've known me by El Shaddai. You've known me by the all-sufficient one, the supplying one. 
But up until now, you haven't known me as Jehovah. You haven't known me as God is your salvation. And so he began to reveal himself in such a way in there that it became powerful later on. And in this chapter 6, well, maybe I should just, just read it myself here too. You'll find seven I wills. Verse 6, I will bring you out. How many of you know that's a good thing? I'll bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you with a outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you for a people unto myself. I will be your God, and you'll, be, you'll know that I'm Lord. Verse 8, I will bring you in, and I will give you a heritage. The thing is, he brought you out. Listen, if he brought you out, he brought you out to bring you in. No, he didn't bring you out to leave you somewhere, halfway there, a stillborn, you know. He said, no, no, I brought you out because I'm bringing you in. I'm bringing you in this year. I'm bringing you in now. I gave you the word for this year. I gave you the word to pastor 10 years ago to deliver you to you today. Hallelujah. By the way, we've been looking at buildings. I guess you knew that, and we... We kind of put offers in on three because at the mouth of two or three witnesses will every word be established. And so we look like we zeroed in on one, but I'm not giving you the, the notification right now. I'm just going to, but I will say this. I looked up the name of the place. It means seat of government for the whole county. That's what it means. Seat of, the gov seat of government for the whole county. Anglo-Saxon word. I like it, I like it, if you say I like it, I like it, I like it. I wish the pastor would tell me. Well, I will say this too, we measured it out, and it's 30 minutes from some people, or 35, that's the longest. And the, the ones, it used to be the longest for some people, which is now the shortest for those, right? Some people are getting a super benefit out of it, and I wish you'd tell me where it was. I can't yet, be, we haven't signed anything. And besides that, we're serving God, and he's allowed to just do anything between now and about the time the pen hits the, the ink hits the page. So we never, we, we never assume anything until we get to go ahead. And as soon as we do, we'll tell you all about it, okay? All right. I didn't tell you very much there, did I? But, but now we need to really, we need to go to Exodus 7, verse 1. And the Lord said, that's Jehovah. Lord. Jehovah said, Jehovah's salvation said unto Moses, Moshe, see, see, I've made you a God over Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. See, do you see it? Do you see it? I'm taking you from zero to hero. Do you see it? Do you see it? You'll rule principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places and render them harmless and ineffective against you. Well, I've been trying that. Well, get ready to speak with a new authority. Amen. Pharaoh represents the Antichrist in this story. And let me just tell you this. When we get to the end of it all, you find out that you won. You won. You win. What Pharaoh can stand against God? And again is... You are a son of God. 
We looked at that in John 10, 34, and I think over in, in Psalm 82 and verses 2 through 6, talks about, well, should we go there again? Yeah, we better, because some of you are looking at me like, a, like I'm making this up. Psalm, 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 Psalm. Psalm, Psalm, Blue, no, no, Psalm, Psalm. <laughs> is it 82? Is anybody there yet? Okay, okay, all right. Psalm 82 says this. Yeah, it does. God stands in the congregation of the mighty and he judges among the, among the gods. How long... Will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? It's time for you to defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the offended and the needy. Deliver them. Deliver the poor, de deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand. They walk in darkness, and all the foundations of the earth are out of course. But look at this. But I have said you are God's. And when, when, it, when the Bible says that you were made a little lower than God, made a little, little lower than Elohim in Psalm verse 8, remember that psalm? It's a very powerful psalm. He said you were made a little lower than Elohim by creation, but he's crowned you with glory and honor and set you above the creation of the earth. So, so again, we'll just continue this here. He says in verse 6, you are gods. And, and, and again, that doesn't mean you're the big G. <laughs> you're little G. Big G still makes the decisions. But he told you to pray. He said, pray my kingdom will come upon the earth as it is in heaven. Don't pray that you'll get to heaven. Pray my kingdom will come to the earth. He said, I'm not interested in getting you to heaven. I'm interested in getting my kingdom onto the earth. Hallelujah. So, so unpack your bags if you're going in the rapture, because it's not going to happen yet. Anybody watching? It's not going to happen until this gospel is preached in the, all the earth. Now, I know you're getting ready to say it has been by TV. No, it says it'll be preached into all the earth as a witness unto me. People are going to see it. They're not just going to hear it. He said, I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh, and whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, have you seen that yet? Get ready. Why? Because he's not interested in keeping people out of heaven. The, ch the church is doing a bang up job of that. <laughs> he, no, he's trying to get people in. He said, I'm not willing that any should perish. Well, I don't know how you're living. I saw what you did the other day. Yeah, I saw what he did 2,000 years ago. So shut up. No, it's okay to say shut up. Elisha said it all the time. The prophets came up and said, did you know that you're your leaders being taken off your shoulders today said, shut up. Hold your pieces to the King James Version of, ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> Does God talk like that? Yeah, haven't you read his stories? I mean, come on. I could tell you things God said that, would, that my wife would get me in trouble for, so I'm not going to do that. Not that I fear her, but I found out this. A wise man, 
says nothing. <laughs> Somebody shout amen. Okay. But what he's saying here is if you believe in the supernatural, you'll receive the supernatural. He says, don't die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise and judge the earth, for you shall inherit the nations. So again, the blueprint for man is God. Adam was just like him. If Adam and God had walked down the street, I don't know if you could have told the difference between one or the other. Anyway, in 82.6, it says, the word Amar says, I have declared you God. Elohim Afta. God you are. Ben Elon. But there he is. <laughs> Sons of the Most High, all of you. Reflections of your Father. Reflections of your Father. Again, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And in the world is a darkness and a gross darkness upon the people, but God's glory, seen upon you. Seen, not heard, seen. God's going to do something in your life. It's called metamorphosis. People are going to look at you and say, whoa, turn off the light. Well, okay. Maybe not that much, but let's go to, I know we need to get back to Exodus, and I'm going in the wrong direction here. Side note, Pastor Paul was teaching a great message last Sunday. And, uh, but one of the things he said I would like to add on to, the woman with the issue of blood, touching the tzitzit, touching the hem of his prayer shawl. She got that word from Malachi chapter 4. She said, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings, in his tzitzit. He'll have, his prayer shawl will be anointed and so then when she heard the word of Jesus, she heard about him. Like nobody had preached anything for 300 years. After Malachi, it was quiet, quiet for 300 years. The silence was deafening. And then, and then this woman reading that scripture and hearing about Jesus said, that's him, the son of righteousness. And I'll be like a calf loosed from the stall. I'm going after that. And so, 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 yeah, she crawled on her hands and knees to get there. Faith is desperate. Faith ain't pretty. Faith gets ugly. Faith forgets everybody around him. I don't care what you think about me, he said. She said, I'm going to get what I need from God. And, and Jairus is there. He's the leader of the synagogue. He had him stoned to death. But I don't care. I'm going for God now. Nothing else matters. And we've got to get back to the book of Exodus. Okay. That was a great word last week, Pastor Paul, by the way. It was like, oh, yeah. My socks were going up and down by themselves where you're preaching at. Yeah. I said, wow, that's a strong anointing there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's try this then. Now, these, these offers that Pharaoh gave to the people are the same offers that the Lord will give to you, okay? So, and again, Pharaoh's just an, a, a representative of the devil, right? And so he's going to give offers to the people that the devil already gave to you. And so I'm going to preach to you not to stop where, where you are because Pastor Paul just read the prophecy we're going through. Okay, Exodus 8, verse 25. Now, you know, they were, they were 
let me say this too. The first three plagues that came on the world, Satan's people were able to duplicate, to turn the water into blood and all those kind of things. Satan has power that my Bible says lying signs and wonders. And so there's lying signs and wonders taking place in the earth today, and you need to know that so that you don't get fooled. You don't get fooled by just because it's a man, a spiritual manifestation, is it God or not? Now, I understand signs and wonders. I wonder what that was. I understand. But like it's like it's like when we were here last week and Pastor Paul was up here preaching. No, I need to back it up. It was the praise and worship. Like it was a me. No, but you can't deny the sweet presence of the Lord. If something that strange happened, it wouldn't bother you because you got the peace of God past the understanding, ruin your heart, ruin your mind, saying, I really don't understand that, but that's powerful. Right? That's that's the way it was, and that's the way it is. So anyway, now um they came in and you know, after the first three plagues, uh, these guys, the 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 uh, witches and the warlocks couldn't do anything else. But Moses kept going in and talking to Pharaoh. And when he came in in verse 25, chapter 8 of verse 25, well, you got to read verse, no, we got to read, we got to read, um, oh, wow, we got to go back here. Verse 22, and I will sever in that day the church, which is my people, that no swarm shall come near them that they will know that I'm in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division between my people and those people, the tares and the wheat. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And the Lord did so. And there came grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh, into the servants' houses and into the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted by the swarms of flies. Sounds like a camping trip I was on one time. But... Worse than that, obviously. And then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, um, stay where you are. It's, it's okay, just stay where you are. Don't become one of those fanatical Christians. I, you know, just stay the way you are because then I'm not threatened by you. Don't go changing because then I'll be required to change or do something. So just stay where you are. Everything's going to be fine. Don't become one of those radical Christians. Offer number two is over in verse 28. The Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you might sacrifice to the Lord in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away. Again, you don't. now that you're a Christian, don't, don't go too far with this. Like you got more Bibles than there are people. Like Marie, Marie's got more Bibles than in. Like you know, you can tell she's a fanatic, right? But I'm sure that people would look and say, "Well, the, she's gone too far." No, she's hungry for the Word of God, and she's, you know, and just, just his. She understands that his presence in book form, like it was, it was spoken to be written so that it could be spoken. And so, the more you get around you, the more you get it in you, you realize that he had it written so that you could speak it, right? Okay. That's... So don't go too far, offer number two. Drop him down to verse 32 and says, And Pharaoh hardened his heart, 
At this time also, neither would he let the people go. How about verse uh, 34 of chapter 9? And when Pharaoh saw the rain and the hail and the thunder ceased, he sinned even more and hardened his heart and his servants. Just like the, just like the governments of the world today. You know, you can the whole the whole world has fallen apart, and they still think that the new world order is going to fix it. Like, how about you know, how about um, if we could just stop the greenhouse effect? If we could just if we could just get everybody to drive electric cars, everything would be fine. Uh, no offense there, uh, no offense. If they come up with an electric car, they're going to shoot the guys riding it. And that's all I can say. <laughs> if you can't feel it. <laughs> no, it's like kind of, it's kind of, the Harley is like, compared to other motorcycles, you can buy a Honda and have a smooth ride, but the Harley's baptized in the Holy Ghost. No, it's just, it's not as smooth as other bikes. Well, if you want a smooth ride, go get on the little horse in the, in the mall if they still have them. <laughs> wee, wee, wee. I got passed by one of those one day, only because I let them. I thought I was being passed by a sewing machine. <laughs> there wasn't even any sound. I'm thinking, what kind of deal is this? Um, we need to go to chapter 10 to look at offer number three. Because this is where we are right now, too, as, as the body of Christ, offer number three. It says, you can go, but you're not taking your children. You can go, but you're not getting this next generation. Forget your kids. No, look, when they're running around in the front of the church, I don't know how you feel about it. I love it. I love it. I don't want it to stop. Well, you better get them organized. No, I want them to have so much fun in church that they want to come back next week. Not some stern... Lighten up. God likes children in his house. They run around his house. They play. They don't even pay attention sometimes, but you'd be surprised what they absorb. Anyway, chapter 10. Okay, so offer number three. Moses and Aaron were uh, brought in again unto Pharaoh and said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God. But who, who are they that shall go? Moses said, We will go with our young, with our old, with our sons, with our flocks, with our herds. We will go and have a feast unto the Lord. But Pharaoh said unto them, Uh-uh. He said unto them, You can go. But the kids aren't going. Verse 11, forget about it. They're not going. I'm not letting the kids go. So when I read that, I'm thinking about, you know, Isaiah 8.18 says that I and the children that you've given unto me are for signs and wonders in the nations. Isaiah 49.25 says you contend with those that contend with us and give safety to our children. Isaiah 54 says, ah, ah. Uh, what does it say? Come on, I pray it every day. All of my children shall be taught by the Lord. Great is their peace, 
and undisturbed composure. And then, of course, my favorite, Jeremiah uh, 31, 16, 17. Stop weeping. Come on, God said, stop your crying. <laughs> stop crying. Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. That's good to know whenever you're praying. Because it's the prayer of faith. The just shall live by faith. Isaiah, or, or um, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. You must believe that he exists and that he rewards you. If you don't do that, you're just making a noise. Pray in faith. Well, I don't have, but pray the word until you get some. Pray the word. Amen. So, so he, he said, don't, re, re, don't, don't cry. And he said, your work shall be, listen, this is God speaking to you from the Bible. It's his words. It's not Gary's words. The, God has something to say to you today, especially concerning your children, if you don't know where they are today. He said, your work shall be rewarded and your children will return again to their own borders. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What if it's 20 minutes before they die? Who cares? I know God's promises are true. His word is in him, yes, and in him, amen. And he said, I will never leave you. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. Don't give up on me. Recognize the season that you're in is greater than the calling that's on your life. Recognize the season that you're in right now. If you don't know what season you're in, ask him. To everything there is a season, to every purpose under heaven, there's a season. And the winter season, we're sitting here right now, uh, getting ready to go into February. But, you know, the end of March, the sap will start coming up through those trees that look like they're dead. And you'll be up there at the pancake place in April, eating pancakes and pouring that syrup all over it, right? What's the name of that place again? Huh? Sugar Moon. Yeah, Sugar Moon Farm. Come on, it's worth the drive. Just bloop, bloop, bloop. Don't, don't be shy with the syrup. God made it. So he said, I'm not going to let you take your little ones. Then we're going to get into, into offer number four. Well, let's read verse 22 of ch the same chapter here. Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven. There was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They couldn't even see one another. Now, if you read the end of the age, the same thing's going to happen. I mean, just think about it. God's going to make, turn out the lights for 24 hours on this earth. And if you're not smart enough to call on the Lord then, there's no hope. Okay. So he said, he, said, uh, he made it dark in the land for three days. They couldn't see one another. They couldn't even rise from their praise for three days. But all the children of Israel, all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. And Pharaoh called on to Moses and said, go and serve the Lord, but you're not taking your prosperity with you. You're not taking any provision with you. So this is the next stage of their church goes to, okay, I'm saved, but I'm broke. Well, then you're not completely saved. You can't be saved. And, I, I, and again, I'm not talking about your trip to heaven. I'm talking about 
prosperity, the very first thing that Jesus said was, I've been anointed to preach the good news to the poor, and the good news to the poor can only be one thing. You don't have to be. You don't have to be poor. Now, maybe you got some habits that need to change. Maybe you, you're just paying what you can barely pay on a Visa card instead of... Somebody taught me this 40 years ago, and I'll never forget it because it was so refreshing. I would always try to keep as much money in my wallet as I could and pay the minimum on credit cards. None of you have ever been that dumb, but I was that dumb. And finally somebody said, why don't you get happy about paying it off? Why don't you get as excited about paying it off as you do of sitting on it? And so myself and Nancy, we did that. We said, you know what? We're, we're just, as soon as the bill comes, the first thing we're going to do is give our tithe. The second thing we're going to do is pay a bill. Until finally they were all paid off. And there's way more freedom in that. If you're in bondage to finances, uh, it's just a torment. Well, I don't know how to get out of it. Well, I'm going to tell you. You, you got a minute I can tell you how to get out of debt. How to, uh, getting out of debt is not the Babylonian system. Get what you can, can what you get, and sit on the can. And just try to, if I can just get a better job and make more money. No. Genesis 8.22, seed time and harvest time. Your job is not to meet your need. Your job is to provide your seed. Your seed is to provide your need. So you plant your seed to meet your need. You don't. And if you keep eat, keep eating the seed, well, you you you'll get by day to day, but you'll never ever get ahead. Every year will be the same thing. Find the same place, the same place, over and over again. As long as the earth remains. Summer and winter, cold and heat, seed time and harvest time shall not cease. God's way is seed time and harvest time. That's how he operates. So the Babylonian system is, is borrowing whatever. They offered me a new credit card the other day, and I, I just punched in to see what it said. It said, great deal, 20, 22% interest. And they were they were. They were Promoting this thing, I'm saying, are you nuts, man? I could, I know loan sharks that wouldn't charge me that much. <laughs> they might break my leg if I didn't pay them. But um. so, so offer number four is you cannot have any provision. Now, again, these four offers are what the devil makes to you all the time. Don't change. Stay where you are. Don't go too far. Forget the children of the next generation. We don't want them messing up the church and marking on the walls. Let them kick the slats right out. If it'll make them come, if they make them, if you're listening, kids, I'm not suggesting that you. We have kids here that would do that. Oh, yeah. All I'm saying is there's two miles of ditch for every mile of road. And we got to make sure that what we're doing for the next generation is causing them to enjoy the presence of the Lord. So again, if they're up here on the front doing praise and worship and you think they're interrupting, you don't know what's being saturated into them. Just let them go. If they run around and kick somebody in the leg, okay, I know you need to say something then, but, but don't, don't get all stern and bummed out and miss the whole service because you're upset with some child. Aren't you glad God didn't get upset with you? So, uh, so offer number four, verse 24, you can't have the provision. 
I'll let the kids go, but you're not having the provision. And then Moses, but I like it. Moses said, there must, we must have sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. I love verse 26. Our cattle are going with us. There's not going to be, no, but this is the attitude. This is the attitude that we need to take regarding everything that Jesus paid for at Calvary. You're not going to settle for second best. You're not going to settle for less than God's best because he paid too big of a price for it. He hung there to pay for your salvation. That includes your healing. That includes your prosperity. I came to preach the gospel to the poor, the good news to the poor. It includes all of that club soteria, everything. Shalom, shalom, perfect peace. I like what Moses said, though. He said, I'm not, he said, I'm not leaving a hoof behind. <laughs> no compromise. But that, that's, see, but that's a militant attitude that he got hanging around with God. No, no. God paid such a high price for me to walk in the fullness of his blessing. I'm not going to be backing off because some religious person says I'm not supposed to prosper. The, 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 read Genesis 13 and verse 2 sometime and see about Abram. He was Abram back then. He wasn't even in the big covenant. Then he was in the little covenant, Abram. And it says that he was very rich. Everybody say very rich. Very rich. Spiritually, brother. No, very rich with silver and gold. But Hebrews 11 says he had no continuing city here. That his, he was looking for a city that had foundations whose builder and maker is God. He, th- he had the things, but the things didn't have him. And so you, everything that God gives you, you hang on with a loose grip. Because I remember saying this to, to a, a, a pastor friend of mine the other day. I said, look, I said, when I got saved, I said, I had, I, I said my vision was this. A motorcycle, a tank of gas, and a place to sleep. That was my goal in life. And really, I could live with that today. I've slept, I, I stayed at the Ritz, and I slept in the hallway of, a hotel, of, a, of a, an apartment building. I liked the Ritz better. <laughs> but I had a good night's sleep in the, in the apartment building until somebody was walking by rattling their lunch can and woke me up. What are you saying? I'm saying, if you've got God, it's like the Jehovah's Witness that stopped me years and years ago when I first got saved. He was telling me I needed the watchtower and all that. and I didn't want to argue with him. I, God bless him. But I pulled the Bible out of my pocket, and I didn't even know what it said inside, but I had one in my pocket. I said, all I can tell you is this. I once was lost, and now I'm found. I was blind, and now I see. And all I need is God. I don't need anything else. I'll take anything, any of the fringe benefits. But at the end of the day, oh God, without you, I'm nothing. With you, I have everything. Without you, I'm nothing. And I don't ever want to be without you. Matter of fact, I don't even remember what it was like before I got saved. I've been saved long enough now that sometimes I'd like to remember I would never, ever want to have that feeling. Like, if you're watching by TV or however you're watching, who do you talk to if you don't have God to talk to? Yourself? Or you get a lot of wisdom there, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it's like, it's, like, it's like the guy that hired himself as a lawyer. 
He said, now, now you got a fool for a lawyer. Well, if, you, if you're trying to run your own life, you got a fool in charge. If you're trying to do it your way, I did it my way. That's the theme song of hell, man. And they don't sing in hell. They weep and wail and gnash teeth. That doesn't sound like any fun. Critting and grinding your teeth all the time. <laughs> and we're not going there. We're not going there. Right. We've got a ticket to heaven. It's already been bought and paid for. So our retirement is out of this world. <laughs> Somebody said, have you ever been there? I said, no, but I read the travel brochures. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't want to go tomorrow. Still got work to do, but. No, and Paul said it this way. Acts twenty twenty four. He said, none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear to myself. I realize it wasn't about me. But he said, I'm going to finish my course with joy. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. Joy is your, joy is your expression. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's time to get happy. If you ain't happy, if you ain't happy, pappy, get happy. How do I do that? Just, just go, ha, ha, ha. I don't feel like it. Ha, 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 ha. Do it long enough, and, and you'll be on the floor busting it. Yee-haw. Oh, well, I don't believe that. Well, you just sit there with your pickle-push face. And uh, no, I, I, I'm not talking to anybody here. You're, you're all looking fine today. <laughs> we hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.